The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield today. And boy, did I get in on an exciting day of market trade to end what's really been a volatile week overall. Today, our guest on the Final Bell is Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors. Sean, I thank you for joining us here today to talk this trade. Let's start here on the grains ending across the board in the red. But overall, we've just seen some wild volatility this week. Well, we really have. I mean, I think it all kind of started actually when we got, you know, some pretty good weather for the, in the U.S. corn and uh, soybean belt that brought some selling in. And then, of course, with the uh, swirling rumors and actual actions of the, you know, China tariffs bringing uh, the market down further, it really, really forced speculators who were very, very long the grain markets to kind of, you know, start selling. And then once the herd starts to sell, the margin calls build up and, and, it, and it becomes a feeding frenzy. And, so I think that's kind of what we saw this week is one of those classical uh, takedowns, uh, margin call selling kind of uh, takedowns in the gray markets through collateral damage. And, of course, you brought it up right there. Again, we're back to saber rattling and tariffs between two of the largest economies in the world, the U.S. and China. Of course, the U.S. firing the first shots here with President Trump and his administration, announcing the $50 billion in tariffs this morning. Now, right before the grains close, we see China come back with more possible tariffs starting on July 6th, and some ag products could even start before then. Was there a little bit of strategic uh, thought behind when China released that tariff news right before the grains closed? Probably is. You know, anyone that, you know, that watches, you know, players play poker, they know that, you know, there's, there's a, the timing of when you make a bet or and when you bluff or when you do things is very important. I do think they were trying to send a message, you know, before the market closed that, uh, you know, they're not going to back down and they're going to, you know, they're actually going to continue to, uh, to play this game for as long as it, it needs to go before somehow something happens here. So. And it's back to the to the old trade rhetoric of uh, how how much impact will this actually happen if it goes ahead and follows through. So as we start to look at this trade moving forward, is it going to be again sell that rumor and then try to buy back the fact later on? We think it is. I mean, you know, even today we saw you know big big knockdowns in corn and wheat, especially, and only to have them rally almost almost back to break even at the end of the day. I think we saw some of that selling the rumor all week and then buying back some of it today. Um, the funds are only, only, you know, the bad thing about fund liquidation is it's fast, it's furious, it's scary, and it's quick. The good news is it's quick, meaning it burns itself out fast. And once that forced liquidation is over, you know, the market then is simply will start to, to rebound um, as, the, as the seller, you know, backs off the pedal and everyone kind of rethinks, well, you know, how, how, how bad is this or at what price level you know, has it been more than factored in? And I think we saw a little bit of that by the, by the facts, sell the rumor today, you know. You know, we had the WASDA report out this week, and after that, we really saw a strong run up there in the corn and the wheat markets. An interesting thing, and I've talked with several analysts that have looked at it, is the fact that the open interest in wheat really dropped, kind of a snowball of short-covering positions. Are we just seeing those funds come back in? Is that what caused this uh, rest-of-the-week bloodbath for wheat? Well, remember, you know, before all this happened, they were, you know, the grain complex, they were heavily, heavily long. Um, and so... They were very vulnerable to getting spooked, just for 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 any particular kind of a reason. Um, when when but when you're seeing uh, open interest decline, 
That means that long positions are being taken off and commercial short positions are being bought back to classic, classic, uh, you know, kind of long side speculator liquidation. Um, and that, that, that's what we saw. So it, it's just a classic kind of a thing. We've seen this happen many, many times before over the years. Um, and like I said, the good news about that is once the selling is over, once the people have to sell, sell, you know, the market will lie itself, uh, have a bounce, and then they can reassess and look at the fundamentals and make an assessment of how bad is bad or, or what's the real situation. Because they could agree, they could have an agreement two weeks from now, and then we could be, you know, taking off on grains on, on, on the other side of the fact. So for every down, there's an up. We have, we want, we have to keep a, a level-headed perspective. It's, there could be a very positive outcome to all of this, just not today, you know. Grains closing the red day corn though. Let's discuss and break that one down a little bit more. Midday grain trade. It was actually on the green side up nearly a nickel in a few instances. Then it kind of ends back the day to be slightly below that red line to close out the week. Is there still, is it just corn demand that keeps driving this corn to be kind of the lone bull in the grain right now? Yeah, I mean, we have a massive demand driven bull market, not only because of, you know, short crops in Brazil and in Argentina keeping our exports really high, but also you know, the E10 by 2020 in China where they're making huge amounts of ethanol out of corn there and they're, they're just chopping through their corn stocks like crazy. I mean, it's just a really tremendous demand-driven market. And at some point, even if U.S. weather remains good, that demand at a, at a low, lower price is going to continue to want to, to buy aggressively. And so we feel, you know, the 350, 360 July spot price, you know, we think there's been plenty of demand to keep this market at bay, especially this early in the growing season when, you know, as you know, you know, weather scare could pop up at any time and, and put 50 cents right back on, you know. Let's talk about outside market factors right now. And we saw, saw equities take a hit today as well as gold. The dollar index is kind of hanging right in there. Uh, is there any common pattern that we're seeing here in the outside markets? Well, I mean, you know, the stock market temporarily always reacts to these tariff wars because history says tariff wars lead to a slowing global economy. And, of course, stocks tend not to like that because, potentially hurts the earnings of companies that are traded on the stock exchanges, and so you tend to get that kind of a reaction. Gold and silver, I, I think it got caught up in the collateral damage. You know, things were getting hit. The crude oil markets started getting hit. you got to sell something. You know, there's a, a lot of longs in the precious metals. I just think it got caught in collateral selling because everything else was falling today. Uh, I really don't think there was anything specific in precious metals other than, you know, it was a place that people could take positions off and get themselves in a better you know, lower margin call position. That's Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors, joining us on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Coming up in our next segment, we talk dairy, we talk livestock as well, what position producers need to be to be in a hedging manner. That's all ahead right here on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. Joining us today, Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors. Sean, in our last segment, we discussed grains and outside markets. Let's transition over now to the positive market on the day, and that is cattle. Live cattle closing up nearly limit up there on the August contract even. Feeder cattle right behind them. What's giving them the bull market today to end the week? Well, I think we have to understand what, what, how, we, you know, how we got here. Um, as you know, earlier in the year, you know, we had a big, big decline in cattle uh, from the early, uh, you know, January highs into the spring lows. And so this market already caved in due to large supplies and some of the demand easing back. And the speculators in the cattle market are actually short. You know, they're heavily short this market, 
Whereas in the grains, as we talked about in the prior segment, they were heavily long. So we didn't really have the ammunition for the speculators to press the cattle market based on collateral damage. In fact, we think some of the buying today was actually shorts covering in order to get themselves out of margin call problems. Remember, you have, you, your margin can be removed by taking longs off and taking shorts off. So we think that you know the cattle market was one of those markets where the flip side effect, the collateral damage, was buy back your shorts, lower your exposure, and try to limit the you know the the, the, the damage until the dust settles with everything. Other than that, what we see with cattle is just incredible demand. I mean, we looked at the trade figures that came out recently, you know, just setting all-time records, not by a little, but by an enormous amount. And, of course, seasonal demand domestically. The large supplies, I mean, who doesn't know? We, we've been producing a lot of beef in the U.S. So, so we really think that this market was, is poised to go higher with or without uh, tariffs. You know, we, we don't think that the story is tariff-based. We think it's, there's plenty of demand to go around with or without these tariff disturbances. And we like cattle. We think cattle can rally well into the mid and late summer. And as we take a look there and take a look at the long-term possible cattle rally here, I want to talk about the corn feeder cattle spread. Corn also seeing a little bit of bullish demand there. If we start to see a decent little rally come up in corn, is that going to possibly put a cap on how far these cattle can go higher? I mean, it could. You know, I mean, it could for a little while. Um, without a doubt, I mean, that, that could be the case. I mean, I'm, I don't think we're expecting at this point any bounce to be too substantial until the dust settles or until we get Mother Nature involved. We, you know, between late June and late July when the corn's pollinating and everyone, you know, knows that that's really an important time for determining corn uh, yields in the U.S. So, so we think on the margin that could cap it for a little while, but we, we don't think it's going to be a huge deterrent at this point. Let's switch over to dairy now and that Class 3 mill towards the end of this week. It's also fallen out. Uh, put it up on the chart. It's fallen outside those bottom Bollinger bands. Where do we see some yeah. support coming back in there for milk? Well, I, I think if we look at milk and, and the reason why it's been hit so hard um, is to to cheese. If you look at cheese exports from the U.S., Mexico's the number one buyer, and of course we know we've had a little tariff war with them as well when they raised uh, tariffs on imported U.S. cheese. And then the largest buyer of dry whey, which is the other component that makes up Class Three price, is China. You know they they dominate buying U.S. dry whey. So you know clearly. The market really is get, you know, got hit based on the idea that the dry way market is, could be, you know, the next shoe to drop here. And it's justified. I mean, we certainly, you know, the dry way price has been rallying, um, and, and we certainly do understand, you know, the concern there. But when we look at, let's say, the July contract, um, and we look at, you know, where could we find support, I think we closed today around 154200 weight, we think, you know, we're getting into that 15 to 15 and a quarter area that we think, you know, even in the worst case scenario, would hold this market, given the other demand sources that are out there. So, you know, maybe a little more downside follow through next week, but not much. We think most of the damage that has already been done in the Class Three market right now. So possibly a little bit of a turnaround going into next week to find some support. As we take a look here and risk management practices or hedging where producers can be, what are your thoughts here on managing this strong volatility right now and this up and down in the market? What we try to do is we try to use tools and signals for example, you know, we were strongly recommending grain farmers to sell over the spring. We had one of our key indicators, which is what we call our informed swap money indicator, had been heavily uh, short or heavily bearish the grain markets, and there was a they were getting strong buys in December when we were recommending at that point livestock producers 
at length and procure future needs. So we're, what we're doing with our customers right now, given the big break in grains, is we're preparing them to buy this, these kinds of downside volatility opportunities for cattle, hogs, dairy. This is the time that they can procure long-term economical feed needs when the sky is falling and they get, can, you know, can get a good opportunity. We're not quite there or willing to make that recommendation yet, but we think we'll be very much so in that camp over the next couple of weeks and recommending to our livestock customers that they start doing some aggressive buy-side hedging in the grain market specifically. Sean, where can folks go to learn more about Hackett Financial Advisors? Best place is go to our website, Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have great information on there about who we are, what we do, um, our services, and I think that would be a great place for people to start to get to know us better. Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors, joining us here on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.